Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a bay watch because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And uh, guess what? Guess what, Michael? What? We've got ourselves a guest this episode. Whoa. As part of this run of guest episodes, which is exciting. Whoa. Because it is nice to talk to friends. And that has been a PSA from Morgan. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Uh, Helen, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, friends. It's good to be back. We're so happy to have you. Uh, why do you keep agreeing to this? I have no idea. <laughs> Every time I do it, I have this moment where I'm like, oh, I have to watch Baywatch now. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's us like every week. Yeah, it's a feeling I am familiar with. <laughs> you know, it's like fine at first. And then I, I'm, I'm taking notes and I think, OK, OK. And then I get to the middle of the episode and I go, maybe I'll put this off to another day. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I guess that's generally how it works. Y'all are probably not the ones I should complain to about this because I've watched <laughs> now three episodes of Baywatch in my entire mm. life, so I can't complain. Mm, no I complain. Suppose. No complain, please. <laughs> is it is it like a you know an imposition on your day to day life? Oh, I don't like doing stuff I enjoy doing, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, you enjoy Baywatch. Like, I have ADHD. <laughs> like, I won't get up to pee until I really, really have to pee even. So sure, sure. Baywatch is just one of those things that would not, is not typically something I would work to find time in my day for. But I'm <laughs> so, happy to find time for you guys. And aw. thus I am here. So what you're saying is we are better than having to go pee. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely word for word what I'm saying. Literally, those are the yes. exact words I used. I'll take what I can get. Can we and use that as a pull quote on our website? Yep, perfect. Could Baywatch, better than P. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our episode title right there. <laughs> I mean, why even bother continuing after that? Yeah, honestly, I want to thank you all so much. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember what episode this is. That's a lie. I do remember. In mm-hmm. fact, this is Baywatch Season 4, Episode 6, Tentacles, Part 1. Ooh. Ooh. And it was written by Michael Burke and Sherry Ziff with a teleplay. <gasps> Ooh, fancy. Uh, by Michael Burke. <laughs> of course, a, a teleplay being a standalone production. So they thought, wow, this two-parter really stands out. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. we'll see if it does. Uh, <laughs> and it was directed by Lyndon Chubbuck, aired October 18th. 1993. Let's talk about some guest stars. First up, Christian Alfonso plays, or Kristen, I I can never pronounce Kristen, Kirsten, Christian, any of those names correctly. (laughs) I can never remember which one it is whenever I read them. Um, Plays Deborah Harris. 
You may know her as Chris Madigan in Blindfold Acts of Obsession, where following <laughs> advice from her therapist, a young woman and her husband try to spice up their waning marriage by taking part in some kinky bondage games. Oh, boy. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, this is such a weird stretch. The woman's sister, a cop, is hot on the trail of a serial killer with a penchant for blindfolds and handcuffs. Could the two be related? I, I feel like yes. they will be. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it probably is, yes. Or maybe you know her as Dream World Christian in the movie Cool Cat's Crazy Dream. Uh, oh? Yeah. Oh, shit. So, so yeah, our, our, one of our villains in this episode was in a Cool Cat movie. So that's, that's, that's amazing. That's very good. Oh, it's yeah, the yeah. part where Cool Cat uh, goes to bed and he has that weird dream and there's a woman talking to him. Sure. Oh, you, yep, yep. Morgan, you've seen, you've seen Cool Cat more times than I have. This is true. I, you own it. This is true. I do own the three DVD set. Um, and I did very seriously consider buying the director's cut of both Cool Cat Stops Bullying and Cool Cat Fights Coronavirus last night. Um, but I couldn't justify 20 bucks on top of the like 25 to 30 dollars I've already spent on Cool Cat DVDs. Um, <laughs> but but how else will you show your love for creators if you don't give them money? I mean, that is a valid point. Now, of course, uh, we cannot tag this episode with Cool Cat. Otherwise, Derek Savage may sue us. So yes. let's just move away from talking about Cool Cat mm -hmm. and instead talk about Bo Eason, who plays Brady Nichols. You may know him as Salesman in After Sex, starring Virginia Madsen as Tracy and Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew Pinsky as themselves. Or... Maybe as Jeff in Miami Rhapsody, where Gwen begins doubting her yes to Matt's wedding proposal when she hears about her parents and brother's adultery. Here oh, is man, the he's the football player, right? <laughs> I actually know that movie. Oh, I, I've never heard of it. Uh, I watched it on a plane and became obsessed for like two months. <laughs> is it? Okay, so you tell me, was, did that describe the movie accurately? Um, you broke up, so yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, I'll just take that. Uh, <laughs> that seems right. He, Morgan, here's the cast, since Helen already knows. Sure. Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. Antonio Banderas. Sure. Mia Farrow. All right. Kevin Pollock. Okay. Carla Gugano. Mm-hmm. Naomi Campbell. Okay. Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. What a stacked mm. cast. And, and and the piece de resistance, Ben mm -hmm. Stein. Wow. Yes. The wow. Stein man. Yeah. Or maybe you know Bo Eason for the Razzie nominated for the Razzie of Worst Reckless Disregard for Human Life and Public Property for the movie Volcano. Do you know the oh. plot of Volcano? I mean, I can take a guess. Uh, it's got to have something to do with the volcano. But yes. other than that, I have no idea. Well, Morgan, you're right, because a volcano appears in downtown L.A. And Tommy Lee Jones huh. and Hesh have to stop it. Like, I, I, oh, yep. I don't know how you stop a volcano. It's a, it's a volcano. It just appears? Yeah, yeah. It, like, <laughs> comes up from the ground downtown L.A. Sure. 
I wouldn't trust strolls in through LAX. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> trust Tommy Lee Jones to stop a volcano. Like he doesn't seem like a volcano man to me. You know, maybe Ann Hesh does, but not Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Now we have one last thing to talk about before we start this episode, mm-hmm. and that is this is the final series and podcast appearance of Kelly Slater as Jimmy Slade. Oh, thank God. Finally. (laughs) Never should have been in this show. He says he's above the scripts. But honestly, this is the only time we'll say this. Baywatch is better than him. Yes. (laughs) They had him presenting uh, an award with um, Tony Hawk and... I can't remember the third person now, Sean White, at the Oscars yeah. this year. And it was very weird because he looks oh, what, really? very old now. Yes. Wow. Uh, was he uh, charismatic? No, he was <laughs> stilted and awkward. <laughs> so just like this show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, honestly, this is a long time coming. Uh, Kelly Slater's. Is a horrible actor, and Mm -hmm. I hate everything about him in this show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, that was right. The three of them introduced the 60 Years of James Bond montage. What? (laughs) Oh, Oh, nice. So weird. It was so weird. Um, What? Just get Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, absolutely. Or Daniel Craig, or or any of the living Bonds. Um, yeah, or or I don't know. Get Judy Dench. Yeah, also a good pick. Or you Ben Whishaw is Q. Get, get literally anyone who has acted in mm-hmm. it instead of like Sean White. I, okay, Tony Hawk's fine. Tony Hawk's cool. Yeah, I guess. But why would I want to see the snowboard version of Carrot Top talk about <laughs> James Bond? <laughs> you know. Doesn't make sense. Okay, to when me. you put it like that, I kind of do. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's just like I, I have a bag of props, but they're all snowboard related. Oh man! <laughs> oh, I would love to see that. <laughs> I want an hour show of yes. That. <laughs> it's like, uh oh, these goggles are too big for an hour. And be like, hey, did I tell you this one already? <laughs> what dude going, you did? He goes, well, you ready to hear it again? <laughs> my ideal comedy show. Oh, uh, man. Speaking well, of ideal, Morgan, mm-hmm. do you want to take us into this ideal episode of Baywatch? Yes, let's. We start off with a little kite surfing montage set to Fly by His Boy Elroy, which I'm going to be honest, I kind of loved. I thought the song ruled. Um, Mm -hmm. The montage is too long and kind of boring, Um, but the song was good. Uh, Now, Helen, you also had a chance to listen to this, did you? I did. I did. What did you think? Pretty Fly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... His I I had a, I had a hard time like rising over just my annoyance that the sequence existed mm-hmm. because no I <laughs> it's ugly so I watched it well I watched it on YouTube of course as as you do mm-hmm. um, just the sequence but I also watched the full episode on Hulu and you have the full episode 
titles and opening sequence with that stupid song. Whoa. And you have a bunch Whoa. of commercials. Excuse me, I'm the guest. <laughs> you are, that's true. And and then you come back from commercials and there's this like inexplicable, like two and a half minute long kite serving montage. Yeah. Uh, to another full song with more titles coming up. And I was like, okay, y'all getting a little too excited about doing a two-parter, I think. <laughs> because we already did this, and I have a feeling this has nothing to do with what will follow. And I was right about mm-hmm. that. <laughs> mm, that is correct. It does lead us into the introduction of a, I don't know, D plot, because it never comes back up in this episode. Maybe it will in part two, uh, which is that Hobie... Is gonna go Whoa. to a kite surfing tournament with his friend. Oh, okay, okay. That that's that is not actually that important. I don't know, but I mean, we haven't <laughs> seen part two. It's not in part one. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about this song, this sequence. Oh uh, yeah. So that uh, that song, "Fly" by his boy Elroy. That's a band uh, from a city that no one likes called Seattle, and <laughs> uh, they. Basically, you record a bunch of music that sounded like random British music in the mid 90s. And Fly never charted. They released wow. one album and then they broke up. Huh. But, but in the Hulu version, Helen and I get Survivor Surrender by Josh Rabinold. Uh, Helen, I have the lyrics here. Would you please read this very. Other song, I guess. It's a different <laughs> oh, song. No, I will. That's the description. It is. It's different. It's, 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 uh, you know what? You're right about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I'm running from tomorrow. Got the devil on my back. Got to beg, steal, and borrow because I'm under an attack. <laughs> when your life is on the line, will you survive or surrender? Got angel on my shoulder and a price on my head. <laughs> Keep you enemies closer, the dead man said. (laughs) When your life is on the line, will you survive or surrender? All this time I had my nose to the ground and my eyes upon the sky. Sounds uncomfortable. But now now I'll spread my wings and fly. So I'm rising because I really want to touch the sky. Rising up. Reaching out. Gonna shout because I want to feel alive. (laughs) Getting higher. Because you'll never find out if you don't try. High above. Yeah, I really want to touch the sky. (laughs) Rising up. It's a tough pill to swallow when you're falling off the tracks. I love a mixed (laughs) metaphor. And your words ring hollow. Gotta pick up all the slack. (laughs) When your life is on the line, will you survive or surrender? All this time I had my nose to the ground and my eyes upon the sky. But now I'll spread my wings and fly. So I'm rising because I really want to touch the sky. Rising up, reaching out, going to shout because I want to feel alive. Getting higher because you'll never find out if you don't try. High above. Yeah, I really want to touch the sky. Rising up. <laughs> wow. Wow. Very nice. Beautiful. 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 Makes me want to touch the sky. Mm-hmm. How do- oh, I really want to touch the sky. How do you have your nose to the ground? And then look up to touch the sky. Like how how do you how do you physically do that? Huh. Yeah, that's like, a good point. Try, like try it. Put your those... nose down in front of you and try and look up. You can't. <laughs> the 
the wind the wind surfers were kind of flippy. Maybe. <laughs> oh, oh, the nose uh, of their board. You mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. This is why we got to have it's, guests on. They're so much smarter than us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do prefer the His Boy Elroy song. Yeah, no, yeah, that the His Boy Elroy song is so much better than this. I would like to present two quick facts about His Boy Elroy that I have just learned. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is that on Wikipedia, there's a previous members section for the band that lists three entries, and I would like to read you their names. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is Charlie Longy. Sure, fine. Uh, okay. The next one is just Dave, in quotes. <laughs> in quotes. <laughs> and then the third one is some other guy. <laughs> um, and then the other little tidbit that I... Wait, wait, wait. I, wait. Could, yes. Could some other guy also just be Dave, but not in quotes? It feels like it could be. Ooh. <laughs> the other quote I'm really enjoying is that apparently uh, his boy Elroy had an alter ego punk band called Pumping Ethel. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what? There is no more information about that on Wikipedia. Wait, 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 wait. And- Pumping. OK, I got to look this up now. Yes. Um, I don't know that you do. (laughs) I do. Um, Yeah, the link that it points to uh, no longer exists. So I don't know. I cannot find anything about pumping Ethel. I found it. Oh, wait. Wait a second. No, it's not pumping Ethel by Jimmy the pervert. Uh, (laughs) What a horrible artist name yeah uh, it's not great uh there's pumping ethel a ron jeremy movie well that makes <laughs> that makes sense yes i'm just gonna stop there <laughs> <laughs> once you hit ron jeremy you don't need to go further yeah no i think that is generally a good rule in life i would say mm, yeah i actually met ron jeremy one time Ooh, and really i yep where um don't do that um (laughs) he was doing a strip club tour promoting his uh rum called ron jeremy oh Um, god and i went to it on purpose yeah uh, my dude is gross and will Uh uh-huh and will kiss any woman without Uh, consent uh, yeah like so was was his rum good at least you know, I don't remember if I tried it or not. I drank at the time. <laughs> I repressed all gotcha. of that. I don't know. That's fair. Because, like, you probably would just want to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Well, uh, let's never bring up Ron Jeremy on this podcast ever again. I'm not willing to make that promise. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> He'll probably come up. I Probably. I I can already think of one future potential reason I will talk about Ron Jeremy, which is unfortunate. Uh, it is. <laughs> but Morgan, tell us what else happens. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we uh, meet up with Matt and Slade, who are having a surfing competition to see who gets to hit on summer. They're not using leashes, and the first one to wipe out near the rocks loses and has to leave her alone forever. And if they both wipe out... Then both of them have to leave her alone forever. 
Because she doesn't get any input on this. It's entirely so, up to Matt and yeah. Slade. So for, co- so for context, in the prior episode, which we may or may not have not recorded, <laughs> uh, uh, Matt and Slade decide, well, one of us should date her and we should decide it. And then they justify it by Summer going, Man, they both want to date me. I wish they could just pick and decide themselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you know, just off the cuff, whatever. She doesn't actually mean it. But they're like, oh, yeah, well, totally, we're going to do it. And the show says, look, it's justified. She said it. Which is not how this works. No. Yeah, I didn't have that context. I, I, I figured it out over the course of the episode. But I also had no idea who these douchebags were. Um they just, they just, <laughs> and pardon my saying that, but I mean, I calls them, I oh, calls them like I sees them. <laughs> and, well, uh, I'll tell you, Kelly Slater, indeed, giant douchebag, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does have the advantage of being the literal greatest surfer right? of all time. So maybe he'll win. Oh, no spoilies. <laughs> I did have to say, as soon as Matt was like, surfing competition, I was like, my dude, even within the world of this fiction, of this show, <laughs> like, one of you goes to surfing competitions on a regular basis, and one of you doesn't. So, <laughs> yeah, this seems like you're just like, I, look, I actually don't really want to date here that much, but I can't yeah. say it. So, hey, Slade, beat me in surfing. Mm hmm. Um, but don't worry, we don't get to see that yet. We got to save that for later um, because this part one is really padding its runtime to make sure that that it has enough material for a part two. Before we talk about the next scene, I do want to provide some extra context. Sure. Um, also from last episode. So in reaction to both Matt and Slade wanting to date her, we get these hints of some sort of 90s eating disorder uh, that Summer has where she just can't stop binging. Now, Mm -hmm. this is only lightly touched upon in the prior episode. It's like at night she'll have a bunch of cookies and she'll eat them really fast. Mm -hmm. However they want to show it. It's not really... They don't really know what eating disorders are, so they're just like, eat some cookies really fast, Summer. Yeah. Uh, But this episode, oh, I guess we should add a content warning here for eating disorders. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Well, this retroactively have already put that in the show notes. Great, thank you. (laughs) Uh, And maybe something at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, But in this episode, they asked a woman... And then they wrote the episode. That's how I think it worked. So so now they have a little bit more information on, on how eating disorders work. Mm-hmm. And that's our context. Yeah, I will say when I was watching this episode, I, I talked to my partner who is someone who, you know, dealt with that when they were younger and also is has a master's in social work and is familiar with this kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I think really just according to them, this is exactly the right way to deal with an eating disorder. Uh, it's, it's yell at the person a lot, tell them they're going to die, and then, spoiler, uh, have them almost get eaten by an octopus, a thing that doesn't actually happen, and that makes them reconsider reconsider their knowledge of food. 
Um, this episode is nonsense. I wish. Uh, I wish you were <laughs> kidding. Like <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> Important question for you, Helen. How often mm-hmm. do you go to therapy and your therapist says? You should probably talk to an octopus. <laughs> uh, my therapist is an octopus. Oh, oh okay. smart. So killing two birds with oh, yeah. one stone. Got so you. my primary care physician initially said you should probably talk to an octopus, and that's how I got referred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then you meet the the therapist. They just go. They're like, I get it. It makes sense. I have been hearing really good things about that new app, Talktopus. Uh, so maybe I should check it out. TikTok the puss. <laughs> I'm really ticked off the puss. Okay. Oh, <laughs> We're worse than Baywatch. But yeah. Um, yeah, at this point, we uh, we get the introduction of the bulimia storyline, which is that CJ is driving down the beach and sees Summer running And CJ knows that Summer is doing this because of bulimia, and Summer confirms it, basically, except that she says she doesn't have bulimia, and they have a conversation about how tough it is to stay thin and how much pressure everyone's putting on them, which, I will say, is probably the best writing of this entire episode. Well, I I would disagree, but but yeah, it's pretty I did appreciate the exchange there, especially where CJ says, like, I know better than anybody the kind of pressure that men can put us under. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That part's good. What's 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 less good is the part where CJ goes, did you binge and purge? Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe stop shouting at her. Yeah. Uh, You know, and 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 also uh, she so CJ has been suggesting go to this clinic. Uh, but then doesn't, mm-hmm. like, offer to help her? She's just like, yep. you should go. Okay. Like, without any help? Like, why would she... Like, if this were me, I wouldn't want to. If someone was telling me, do this, I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, know. and CJ makes the very convincing argument um, by just yelling at Summer, saying, you're gonna die if you don't do this. Um which I'm pretty sure is not generally the accepted method of dealing with any sort of, you know, ED issue. Um, so that's cool and fun. Um. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we we are also sort of establishing that, like, okay, so her bulimia, all related to men. It's mm-hmm. all it's all Matt and Slade's fault. No, never had any signs before that she may have had an eating, eating problem. It just came and appeared because of Matt... And Slade, so if we fix that, the eating disorder will go away, is mm-hmm. what they imply at first. Yes, um, definitely. Because it's not she how doesn't, it ends up. Yeah, because she doesn't really know that just seeing an octopus would change everything. <laughs> right. <Could she? laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, we, uh, we now see Matt and Slade's surfing competition. Yeah. And what's that? Matt eventually wipes out, which means he has to leave Summer alone. And because they weren't allowed to use leashes, his board goes into a cave and he just can't find it anywhere. And then we get a shot under the water. And what's that? <laughs> it's an octopus. So, so well, first it's just a tentacle. Was... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would like to read to you my notes here. Okay? Sure. Oh my God. 
And when this happened, I texted Morgan, Morgan, I think this may be the greatest episode of television ever. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, oh, my God, no, no way, (laughs) no fucking way. What the fuck? Holy shit. Is that a tentacle? (laughs) And then then I I did some research. (laughs) So uh, I have discovered what kind of octopus this is. Oh. Uh, oh, because because I thought okay. Oh, I have not- I have a guess as well. So this. Oh yeah, would you g- please guess? Well, first, it's important that you know that when the tentacle emerged from the water, I scream laughed so loud. <laughs> my partner on the other side, on the other side of the house, came to check if I was okay, <laughs> and I wasn't. Like <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. It was so funny. And that, oh, that cave. Oh, there's so much. Here, I, yeah, I actually I, have a picture. That way you can just remember how funny this is. Oh, bless. Uh, <laughs> wow. Look at that picture. It looks so much worse in high definition. Uh, it really does. That picture's, you know, not the worst thing I've ever seen. Here, Morgan, no. here's another one for you. Oh, boy. That actually doesn't look terrible, I'll say. Oh, boy. Okay, well, then, Morgan, here's one more then for you. <laughs> All right. This does look just terrible. Locked and loaded, Loctopus. <laughs> yeah, that one's not great. That's a fourth wheel there. Uh, <laughs> so, wait, do you have a you, had a. you said you had a guess, Helen? Oh, just because, like, I wasn't aware of there being octopi that were this size and um, aggressive toward humankind um and upon a quick asking of my google home mini what kind of <laughs> octopus is that big like, <laughs> who's that dummy thick octopus <laughs> exactly she was like oh that's kyle and i was like oh, okay no <laughs> she meant she mentioned the giant pacific octopus and upon doing no further research and knowing they were on the pacific i thought that seems plausible enough for Baywatch to have decided that's what that happens and what it is. Yeah. I'm sure. I decided it was a giant Pacific octopus. <laughs> so, in fact, this is a giant Pacific octopus. Hell yeah. Oh, shit. Um, wow. <laughs> the, the size would make sense, actually. So, the giant Pacific octopus is the biggest octopus in the world. Is big. And on average, they have tentacles around 14 feet long. Yep. So but the realistic. larger, realistic, the larger ones have longer. So for context, the average weight of a giant Pacific octopus is 33 pounds. But wow. some large ones have been weighed at 110 pounds. Holy shit. Now, the Guinness World Records has the largest <laughs> at 300 pounds. With, Jesus. With 32 foot tentacles. Wow. Now, in in uh, supporting their surfboard loving, or, I guess, <laughs> I don't know, each sucker is able to support 35 pounds each. So Holy they would only shit. need wow. one tentacle. Um, so anyways, yeah, it, it could be a giant Pacific octopus. They are in California. Um, but what is it eating to stay alive? Like surfboards? Is it, it yeah. surfboards? So we is learn it, we learn later it, that this cave is called the Surfer's Graveyard because so many surfboards get lost here. Yeah. So so maybe 
Except they keep finding old surfboards, so... I well, presume also- there's other uh, flora or fauna in the the plastic cave there that we just <laughs> seeing. Um, I, w- I would have to assume, but octop- octop- uh, an octopus really only lives like 10 years, and this has been like 30 years of this octopus's reign of terror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- they mentioned that, so like 30 years of of eating the flora and fauna in there, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna eat everything. And just, to Morgan's point, I don't think surfboards have nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> They're like rice cakes. <laughs> I, uh, I'd wager, just based on the events of this episode, that every five years or so, it probably consumes like a single underweight lifeguard, and that sustains it for a while. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, or you just uh, cookies. You know, I don't know. You know, you you capture a lifeguard, and then you just you know. The water's nice and cold. You keep them as leftovers for a while. Like, you know, maybe one day you chop them up and make a little ceviche or something. You know, there's there's options. Yeah. (laughs) Morgan, this reminds me of a of a tangent. uh, Okay. Have I ever told you about my 10th birthday? Uh, If you have, I don't remember. Okay. Oh, so it's a tangent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, so clap, clap, clap. Okay. Um, <laughs> so my 10th birthday was at a bowling alley, as mm-hmm. you do. Uh, and the bowling alley, was really, yeah, bowling alley was really bad because it kept breaking. Like it would pick up the pins and just hold them there for a minute and then drop them. Great stuff. <laughs> or uh, the ball, they're just, the ball would like uh, just disappear and not come back. And they'd be like, hey, let me go get a ball from the back. Uh, you know, <laughs> things like that. But the real topper was that my parents got me a cake. And this cake, they had custom. Uh, so it was this big vanilla cake and it had Goku on it. Nice. And oh, yeah. Made it out of rice paper. And I remember eating it and all my friends eating it and everyone spit it out and went, oh, this is disgusting. Your cake sucks. This party sucks. Um, so remember, never get a Goku cake made out of rice paper. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's the moral. Wait, was the entire cake made of rice paper? (laughs) The entire top sheet was rice paper. Wow. Oh. Yeah, but all these little fucking kids aren't going to, like, eat more. They're going to eat one bite and go, fuck this. I'm done. Fuck this Michael kid. He has bad birthday parties. (laughs) (laughs) This bowling alley sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So remember, kids, only be friends with people who get normal cakes. Never have a custom <laughs> picture on your cake. Just get a chocolate cake. Get a vanilla cake. You'll be fine. Your friends will stay. You won't <laughs> lose social status from it. <laughs> All because you just wanted a Super Saiyan birthday party. I know, right? Well, I did a, a Harry Potter one a few years later. And six people got me Goblet of Fire. 
And wow. I, like, Guys, I don't know what to do with this. I have <laughs> six copies of a 700 page book. Like, and they're all like, ah, oh, shoot, we probably should have like coordinated this. And I'm like, yeah, you probably should have. <laughs> Morons. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, kids, never get someone a book as a birthday present because someone else is going to get them that book, too. <laughs> like yeah. Universal truth. <laughs> Helen, this, this is just good information for your son. OK, this is just like your, your son needs to be prepared that this may happen for his own birthday. All right. I'm making notes. OK, great, great. <laughs> um, let's see. To, to get back to the, uh, to the episode. Um, uh, CJ decides to tell Mitch about Summer's suspected bulimia and also tells Mitch that Summer just shouldn't be a lifeguard anymore until she can fix her bulimia, which also, I'm going to be honest, seemed like the wrong way to approach that. Mm-hmm. Um, and CJ's like, I had bulimia in the past and that's how I know all of this. Um, but then she leaves and Matt and Slade show up. And they tell Mitch about Matt's missing surfboard. And Mitch tells them that that's the surfer's graveyard. And he's found all sorts of old surfboards in there. And no one knows what's happening. Um, Oh, and also, you guys stop putting so much pressure on Summer. You're making her bulimic. Um, (laughs) They don't actually have that conversation. They don't show that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Not in the Hulu version. Oh, they do in the original version. Oh, really? They cut, they cut away and cut back, and then they're done. Yep. They don't, it's not a long conversation, but they exchange a couple lines about, like, hey, you're putting too much pressure on Summer, you need to back off. Like, nope, none. Yeah. None at on all. Hulu, huh. On Hulu, Mitch is like, but what I wanted to talk to you about was Summer, and then we cut away and we cut back, and he's like, Anyway, so that's what I wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we get the actual dialogue there in the original airing, which is what I watched. Um, it's not great. It's just kind of Mitch being like, you're you're giving her bulimia. Stop putting so much pressure on her. And they're kind of like, OK, we're sorry. Um, and that's basically you're sorry. It. It's yeah. very weird. Um but yeah, after that, uh, we get to see some sketchy boat dealings. Um, yeah. A woman is buying a boat from an old man, and it's shot from very far off, so you know it's kind of sketchy. Yeah, it's always sketchy when women buy boats from old men. You know, it's never, <laughs> never not sketchy. Yeah, yeah. Um, But then uh, we go back to... Matt and Slade, who are agreeing to back off of Summer, and they want to go find the cave at Matt's board, but they all realize it's too late in the day, so they'll have to go tomorrow. This was such <laughs> unimportant conversation. Oh, yeah, yes. but probably not today. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. Oh, yep. Okay, just say you're going to go do it and then cut away. Yeah, this is classic Baywatch two-parter filler, where they're just yeah. like, listen, we only shot, like, 65 minutes and we have to stretch it to two episodes. Can we just throw in a scene about how we're not going to do a thing today? We'll do it tomorrow instead and then have that never matter for anything. Um, the answer is yeah. always yes. Yes. 
Always. Um, <laughs> um, but then uh, we see Deborah, who is the boat buyer woman, um, and she's at a prison, and she's here to see someone. She's specifically at the Santa Inez prison in California, which does not exist. Ah. Yep. There's there's a place called Santa Inez with a Y mm. instead of an I, but that's just a county. And there's the, the prison's just called Santa Barbara Prison. So there's no Santa Inez prison. Hmm. Well, I, for one, am shocked that the Baywatch writers did not do due diligence in their research. The, the prison sign, it looks like someone was like, hey, do you got a piece of paper? Yeah, I got <laughs> one. Yeah, here's, here's a marker. And then they wrote it, they put it up, and they said, everyone will think this is a real prison now. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the very convincing guard acting will have to really be the thing that sells, uh, oh, yeah. sells the audience. Um mm. But yes, Barbara is here to see her lover, Bradley, who just got out of solitary Barbara. confinement. Uh, Deborah. Um, <laughs> and Bri- I was mixing up, I think, Barbara and... Nope. Barbara Deborah, <laughs> Deborah and Bradley. I think I was mixing up in my head. Um, to Who's Deborah and Bradley? <laughs> the, the two people from this episode. Oh, oh, sorry. D- okay, now you're... <laughs> Oh, now you got me confused. Oh, my God. Who's Barbara, then? No one. I no misspoke. One. <laughs> There's never been a Barbara, ever. <laughs> um, oh, God. Um, but yes, um, they have what seems like a coded cryptic conversation about her dream and how he should escape tonight, and she'll be there in a boat to pick him so- up. So, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. I don't look. I've I've never been to prison. I don't know if either of you two have been to prison. I'm have going not. to guess not. Okay, Helen, have you been to prison? Um, no. Okay, <laughs> so just just a guess, just a guess. At these, like, you get to meet someone. Stuffs. There's probably someone listening. That way, you don't just go. Hey, I'm gonna break out and kill some folk, yeah? And they go, cool, I'll steal the money. You mm-hmm. know? Like, there's yeah. someone listening. Anyone listening to this conversation would be like, nobody is that interested in dreams. Yes. Even sleep therapists are not that interested in dreams. Mm-hmm. The so, only person that interested in dreams is your sleep paralysis demon. And you should keep them around and be thankful for them. Buy them cookies once in a while. Absolutely not. That's why I take <laughs> Nesta, so I just conk out and don't meet them. Uh, true story. So, like, how would you not suspect that something's going to happen and monitor him closely? Yes. Okay. Glad we're in agreement here. <laughs> I think that's why the Santa Inez prison doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> not a good very point. good prison. Good point. Also, because, like, bro escapes through, like, a sliding glass door on a balcony, like, at the resort. (laughs) Right. Maybe they shouldn't have given all the prisoners balconies. And also just, like, cuts a few links in a chain link fence with some wire cutters. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm out now. Yeah. Who 
who who is like, hey, it's yeah, today is your day to play with the wire cutters, <laughs> especially considering the guy just got out of solitary. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You're like, you know what you need? Utensils. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think you're right, Helen. I think this prison was shut down due to <laughs> extreme incompetence. Um, but uh, at this point, we get to see that uh, Jackie's food hut is open or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, <laughs> and Burger Shack Hut. Thing? <laughs> uh, Jackie's Shake Shack. Um, and Jack she's Shack. She's serving there when summer comes by. And Jackie offers to make Summer a tuna sandwich, but no one likes the tuna here. Um, so they <laughs> <Whoa>. sit down. <laughs> they sit down at the table and she asks Summer what's going on with Matt and Slade. Uh, and Summer's like, I don't want to pick between them. So her mom says, just wait for natural selection to take effect. And I was like, wait for one of them to die? <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck are you suggesting here, Jackie? <laughs> um, this whole this whole scene is is bonkers. Yes, uh, because they don't know how to write. They know how to write a dad. They don't yes. know how to write a mom. Yes. So some so Jackie is we've seen Jackie be like independent before and be like, I'm the mom. I'm the working mom. Mm-hmm. And now she has to be like the mom who who watches over her daughter. Mm-hmm. Which it's always been the opposite of Summer taking care of Jackie. Yeah. So now her first thing she does in her act of I got to take care of my daughter is. Come on, bulimia daughter. You got to eat. And she mm-hmm. goes, no, I have bulimia. And she goes, bulimia? What's that? Just none of this actually happens. But <laughs> she's like, you have to eat something. And Summer just stares at cookies and says, no water. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we keep getting point of view shots of her like ogling cookies. Again, like last episode where she just ate a bunch of cookies really quickly. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, we asked a woman, but we only had five minutes with that woman. So <laughs> we only un- understood five minutes of women uh, of women uh, who have eating disorders and what they go through. Mm-hmm. So um, cookies, that's what we got. Also, it's it's three men in their like 40s or 50s. So they're, they're not actually listening to her. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, definitely them. not. No, they're like, mm, cookies. Gotcha. I like cookies. <laughs> Put that in. Yeah. Uh, the the but, secret is that actually uh, Douglas Schwartz is the Cookie Monster. <laughs> um, I I would love to make a cookie recipe called Gre- Gregory Bodden's cookies that are just like you dip them in the toilet. The- <laughs> um, but yeah, the Jackie Jackie seems to want to know everything about Summers relationship with Matt and Slade mm-hmm. uh, and again gives horrible advice. Yes. And she's like, um, be a thruple until they turn gay or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's the the right answer. Yeah. yeah. Like, but yeah, eventually uh, Jackie has to go back to work. So Summer grabs a handful of cookies and starts eating them. Um, and then she goes into the changing room to purge. Um, which thankfully they cut away from at the last mm-hmm. second. Oh, is that I was, what she's doing? Oh. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah you see did, her they, stick. You see the fingers mm-hmm. go in. 
Yeah, Wait, yeah. You do? Oh, yeah. God, I'm glad I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was glad they cut away when they did, and we didn't have to listen to vomiting noises. Um, yeah, that would have sucked. Uh, not that this episode doesn't, uh, but it would have sucked more. Um, but then, then we go back to our prison plot, which is that Deborah is here to rescue her lover, and Bradley cuts through the prison fence with some wire cutters gets on the boat, and then there's a very long shootout where none of the guards are able to come even nearly remotely in the distance of the two of them, even though this boat is moving like five or six miles an hour and is like 30 feet away. (laughs) The the best part about that is Deborah is driving the boat with one hand mm -hmm. and has a rifle in the other hand. And it's just like, I'm just going to point and shoot. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And everyone is like, no aiming. I'm just going to one-handed shoot. Mm-hmm. It's genius. Absolute <laughs> genius. Listen, they know they have to look good on in front of their buddies on Xbox Live or they're gonna get made fun of. Come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. They're gonna they're gonna be told that they suck. They're gonna say, I did your mom last night. Mm-hmm. And no one wants that. That just hurts your feelings. It's Except true. Except for that one guy. One guy does hold the rifle with both hands, aims, and takes a successful shot. He sure does. He manages to hit Bradley just as they're getting away. Um, Bradley? It's Brady. uh, Oh, yeah. I have it written alternately as Bradley and Brady. (laughs) Barbara, Deborah, (laughs) Bradla. Um, This is the part where I admit... I did have trouble paying attention to this episode because I found large sections of it boring. Um, (laughs) um, But then uh, we see Garner telling Mitch about this couple and how now they're on the loose. So Um, I I would like to point out something here. mm -hmm. There's a lot of information in this scene that is blink and you miss it. I, I did blink, so... Okay. Specifically, <laughs> you have to pause the episode to see it. And oh. it's probably not going to be clear in your version. Absolutely which, not. Which is that Mitch has crime reports for both of them. Mm. And I'd, I'd like to read to you Ooh, yes, their please. crime reports. So, oh, some boy. highlights. Brady Nichols, also known as Joshua Sam and Paul. His crimes. <laughs> his crimes are Dave murdering. and another guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 women named Helen. Um, <laughs> his crimes are murder, rape, arson, and rape. Hmm. Okay. He was arrested in New York by Joe Law. <laughs> his nationality is Jewish. And his occupation is is bad guy. <laughs> he was born in Boston, but he is not a citizen. What? <laughs> Deborah, I, how is that even possible? It's look, this is what the Crown Report says, dude. <laughs> I just tell you the facts, okay? Also, I find them I find the murder rape stuff very surprising because they said that all they did was like Rob people, and yes, some of those people got killed. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know he was murder raping them. I, yeah, you know, it seems very, very severe compared <laughs> to yeah, yeah. They just con some people. Um, 
Yeah, they're like now. the two of them ganged up together to like con old people into giving them jewelry. Like, yeah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> well, let's talk about Deborah. Mm-hmm. Deborah Harris, also known as Debbie, Leslie, Tammy, and Meg. Her <laughs> crime is assault. She was arrested in Marina del Rey. Can you guess who she was arrested by? Jane Law? Joe Law yet again. Uh, (laughs) Running around the country arresting. Now, her nationality is listed as USA. (laughs) (laughs) And she is a citizen. Now, her occupation? Bad. Her occupation (laughs) is just listed as bad. Also, she is listed as a puncher of cops and a kicker of asses. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, that's very good. Um, And that's all the notes. There's a bunch of it that's cut off. But I was like, this is so funny. And I'm so glad I paused it. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, if if this was shown for more than like two seconds, it would have ruined the entire episode. Yeah. (laughs) I gotta be honest, I kind of want to take a screenshot of that now and just make it like my Twitter header or something, because puncher of cops and kicker of asses is just (laughs) very good. Well, uh, you can go through the episode and find it and uh, take some screenshots. I might just have to do that. Uh, I mean, I'll probably forget, let's be honest, but maybe I won't. I feel like that describes you, Morgan, puncher of cops and kicker of asses. Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah. You know me, good at good at physical things. (laughs) (laughs) He Um, hates cops so much he attacks them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Um, now, now, would you say um, that bad is uh, an occupation you could see yourself doing, Helen? Um. Uh, it depends on the hours, really. Um, <laughs> mm. uh, I assume it's a similar occupation to Brady's bad guy, but like 20% less pay. Um, <laughs> oh, that's unfortunately funny. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, so it's not. It's it's sort of like my fallback career option. Oh, yeah. Is bad. Yeah, if- if if your life doesn't work out, you'll just uh, go to bad. I'll go to bad. You'll yeah. go to the bad company. Yeah, yeah. I just want to know what the um, like union benefits are like, because I imagine they've got to have a pretty strong union if you want to keep people in that career path for very long. Like, you got to at least have a good pension. <laughs> right, right. But if punching cops is among the duties, like, I mean, I would consider it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd also love to kick some asses. That sounds yeah. sounds like it's a very good uh, cardio work. Oh, yeah, and to get paid for it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, can you believe suckers are out there paying for kickboxing gyms when you could just join bad instead and <laughs> get paid for it? Is, is bad like dare? Is that what it is? <laughs> um... Uh, I was trying to come up with a good backronym for what bad could stand for, but I can't think of one. So uh, I guess let's just move on with the episode. Ba- I got it. It's baddies and daddies. Ooh, <laughs> very good. 
<laughs> that honestly, I could totally see Morgan being part of Baddies and Daddies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I would it. be part of it too. <laughs> we should start it. Our local Baddies and Daddies chapter. Absolutely. Um, that that is the name of the union. Absolutely. Yeah, baddies and daddies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like your local 38. It's just called baddies and daddies. Yeah, your local B&D. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. Uh, let's see. Where were we? Oh, yes. Um, we see that Deborah has taken uh, b- badly... Um, Bradley Brady um, to a to a bigger boat, but he is still. Oh no! Dying. no you skipped a scene. Uh, did I? So, yeah. So it's Summers on the beach talking to Matt, and Matt says they work things out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't have that one written down in my so, notes. So Matt says he and Slade work things out. But Summer right. says she doesn't want to know if they work things out. She doesn't want to know who, like, which one she gets to date or whatever. Mm-hmm. She says she just wants to be friends together. And Matt says that's okay. He doesn't want to lose her friendship. So Matt mm-hmm. invites her to go with them to the surf uh, surfboard graveyard. Right. Right, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but yes, after that, uh, Deborah has taken Bradley to a bigger boat, and <laughs> and he's dying from a gunshot wound. Um, and then Mitch shows up, and he's talking about purchase reports and jet skis, and starts walking away from his truck. Uh, has but he then ever he ever talked to himself before. I don't think he has. I, not that I can remember. Um, but then he realizes that instead of signing the expense report himself, he should have Stephanie do it. And also he left some stuff in the truck, which is good because at this point, Deborah is on her way over to the truck so she can steal some first aid supplies by wiggling a master lock back and forth until it breaks. <laughs> um, and then he gets back and sees that she is doing this and she has broken into the truck Um to get or the like locked box on the back of the truck to get first aid supplies um, and is like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, aha, crowbar. Um, <laughs> and I think like knocks him out or threatens him or something. Oh, right. No, they fight for a little bit and then she pulls a gun on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but she's like, you're a lifeguard. That means you're a surgeon. Come with me. You're yep. fixing my Bradley. Um <laughs> And so they it's, go onto the boat. It's such a stretch to think, okay, lifeguard, number one skill, swimming. You yep. probably knows how to be a surgeon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? No, he doesn't have to study that. He has to do like math on title shifts, not yeah, not precision surgery. She said, if you have the equipment, you know how to use it. And like, I've been, I've met a lot of dudes and that's just not true. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Very good. Whoa. Um, Calling out all men right now. Um, she also, also says would also the back says, of mm-hmm. would the back of a lifeguard truck have surgery supplies? No. It doesn't I, feel like it would. And no. yet <laughs> why, why would you trust 
someone you're paying like, you know, not minimum wage, but like an hourly rate for the summer to be to do surgery. Like if it wasn't Mitch. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, would you trust Summer to be like, yeah, I'll do surgery on you? Yeah, no. no. I don't think any of those lifeguards I would trust to do surgery on me. Perhaps surgery on a grape, but... Summer relies too too much on octopuses to make her... Yeah, yeah. See, an octopus has has very fine control of its limbs. Mm -hmm. And it's gotten so many, so it can... Pull you yeah. open, get in there, you know, honestly out and cut. I feel like octopuses are good surgeons. Like yeah. they've got they've got the suckers and the tentacles so they can like they need to like lift some skin out of the way to get at something. They can just oh, yeah. like very delicately sucker onto it and just like move it out of the way. And lots of arms for tools. I I feel like octopus surgery is uh, is a field that is woefully underrepresented and uh I what I'm saying is that sharks, I've brought you a business proposal today. (laughs) (laughs) We should restructure the work. I I agree. I agree. Now, Debbie also says to Mitch, uh, she knows his job Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he, in quote, has to do the right thing no matter what the situation. Yes. Like he's not taking a Hippocratic oath. He's yeah. just a dude who swims. <laughs> He's taking the like, Hippocratic oath. Hey, oh. What? What? Like, what the? My notes say, "What the fuck? What is this bullshit? What does yes. that even mean? Who decided this?" Mm-hmm. Um, I accurate. I, I'm. This is like. Do you remember? Uh, I think it was season two, where Eddie and Shawnee. Or Eddie's meeting Shawnee's parents, and there's mm. this part where um, Shawnee's sister says, "He's a doctor; he can help." And Shawnee goes, "Well, he's a lifeguard." Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was when someone was like drowning, and Eddie was giving CPR, and some random doctor was like, "I can do it better." Um, yeah, and Shawnee said, "No, he's a lifeguard," and it's like, okay, maybe in that case bit yeah. more reasonable in this case now we should also mention in mitch's baggie is mm-hmm. a heart monitor okay so i have questions about that <laughs> was there actually a heart monitor or were they just making beeping noises to make it seem more dramatic because both of those are wild <laughs> okay what, what do you mean making beep do you mean just someone just there going beep beep <laughs> Well, I mean, I love that idea even more. I love the idea that, like, Branton was on the table dying of a bullet wound. He's just going, beep, 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 just to remind everyone that he's still alive. (laughs) Okay, you know what? Screw whatever the actual thing that happens is. That's what happens. (laughs) Just think that happens. Um, But yeah... He does have sort of like um like this like never ending bag of holding. Yeah. Uh, that is yeah. just his his medical kit, which like I, it baffles me. Uh, he'll, he's never used this before. And I mm-hmm. feel like he, he had so many chances potentially to like suture people and never has. Yeah. I I don't know. 
It's it's all nonsense. Um, but yeah, at this point, um, they're they're on the boat, and Deborah's saying that she's going to shoot Mitch unless he heals Branston. Um, and it's been almost <laughs> three hours since the bullet wound, and Mitch says that he's lost too much blood. I can't do anything about it. He needs to get to a hospital. And she's like, too bad. We can't go to a hospital. He'll end up in prison. And Mitch is like, but I have a kid. And then Deborah's like, we have a kid, too. So fuck you. Stitch him up. Um, <laughs> what up, Spinship? Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't and, get the point of that. What was the point of that? I, I think it was trying to be like, don't kill me. I have a kid. Um, like, look at me. I'm more human now. Um, look at me. I'm the human now. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It was nonsense. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the, ep- so, the episode hasn't tried to make us relate to Deborah like before this no. point or anything. So I don't think it's that. I just well, now I want to see the kids rap sheet. Right. <laughs> I, I do, his I, job is. I do have to ask, Helen. So, you know, obviously this is your third episode of Baywatch. But yeah, like, you sort of get the point um, when you saw this scene. This just horribly written scene. What was your reaction? <sighs> I, <laughs> well, it occurs to me like the like two of the three Baywatch episodes I've covered now involve women pointing guns at Mitch. Um, oh. And I didn't intentionally choose them. Huh. Or did I? Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I. <laughs> you've already expressed a lot of what I was thinking, which is... How in the world are you going to kidnap a lifeguard to perform surgery on your, like, escaped convict boyfriend? Right. Um, I did think, like, there was a moment where he said he's lost too much blood that I thought there was a real possibility that she would tell him to put his blood into him and he was going to die. That'd be so cool. (laughs) I'm so mad they didn't do that. Oh, you should write this show instead. I know, I'm genius. (laughs) But also, like, after the octopus business and before the next bit of octopus business, um, like, this isn't the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So, (laughs) yeah, so far, it's like par for the course in terms of how self-serious Baywatch is. Yeah. Um, If this episode didn't have the octopus, this would be very different. (laughs) Yeah. This episode also has an octopus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know what they say. If you live by the octopus, you die by the octopus. <laughs> what? what? They do, do they? say that. They everyone say that. does. Everyone. Yeah, everyone. A few everyone. times a don't, day. Don't, it's like a ritual. Don't fuck with me. I don't I don't know idioms. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you're if you're joking or not. <laughs> Are you joking? I, I, I am. I the, oh, the real expression okay. is live by the sword, die by the sword. Why would you? Oh, okay. Because if you're if you're fighting with swords, then you're likely to be cut up by a sword. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. You see, I'm getting these idioms. Yeah. I think it, yeah. like it was just as well okay. with octopus, though. <laughs> <laughs> hub hub. Oh my. <laughs> oh, you were there for hub hub. That's right. I was here. Mm-hmm. Look, we only have two jokes. Ah, <laughs> uh, just so good. Um. <laughs> Um, let's see. Speaking of octopus business, it's time to get into some more octopus business. (laughs) Yay! Um, because Summer, Matt, and Slade are going to go looking for the surfer's graveyard. 
Um, and Slade is concerned about Summer being too weak from bulimia. So he awkwardly stands by the side of the water and says, I think you might be too weak for this. You shouldn't go. And Summer's <laughs> like, fuck you, I'm going. And he goes, OK. Um, and that's Good pretty try, much buddy. it. <laughs> yep. Um, and they, I don't know about y'all. I find underwater caves terrifying. Like I find yes. surfing terrifying. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. don't need to put a giant octopus in there for it to be uh, like dramatic and dangerous. Yep. And I think they just by adding the the puss puss. I think they just <laughs> made it a little too much. Well, here's the funny thing, Helen. This is like the third time they've done an underwater cave story. In, yeah. Or maybe the fourth time. But this is the first time where it hasn't been, oh, no, I'm trapped in the underwater cave. Uh, mm-hmm. which is, oh, there's an underwater cave and there's a motherfucking octopus. Yeah. No, that's new for the show, uh, which I appreciate. You know, well, change it up see, once in a while. This show is so genius. It takes ideas that you're familiar with and it iterates. It's like poetry. <laughs> it rhymes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when I when I think of Baywatch, I think of the inherently cyclical nature of Joseph Campbell's 12 uh, steps on the hero's journey. You know, yeah, I really they, just feel like they skipped the first eight and said, why bother? <laughs> just get to the end. You just want to see the end. Yeah. Yeah. Geniuses. Yeah, you want eight of something? Here's an octopus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the first eight steps of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey is just an octopus. It's one through eight. Imagine if Star Wars said, Luke, fuck him. The Sith and the Jedi, fuck them. Here's an octopus. So much better. I would watch that. An an octopus flying an X-Wing. Yes. Genius. Genius. You thought General Grievous was cool because he had four arms and four lightsabers? Fuck you. Here's an octopus with eight. <laughs> You're joking, but it, I agree. <laughs> no, I'm not entirely joking. <laughs> It'd be so cool. Octopuses <laughs> are cool. My favorite animal is the squid. So, like, I'm already oh, yes. predisposed to like octopus and squid because I think they're cool. But yeah. an octopus Sith? Even cool. Yeah. I got a plush cuttlefish in the bed with me right now. I'm Aww. Ooh, very nice. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, um, awesome. Is it trying yeah. to kill you? Yes. <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, at this point, um, they head into the water and they've brought a sacrificial surfboard to see what's going on. Because they don't at this point know there is an octopus. Um, then why'd they do it? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Why would you bring in the a sacrificial surfboard I, if you just think it's a cave with some surfboards? I, I was also that wondering. They were, I gathered that they were watching where the current took the board mm. to get mm-hmm. a sense of where to start the dive since they didn't come with any kind of diving equipment whatsoever. Yes, I did notice that and thought <laughs> it was dumb. Um, but yeah, I guess that makes more sense. They're like trying to see where the current is taking it. Um, That makes sense. uh, But so, yeah, so they push the uh, surfboard towards the cave and the surfboard gets swallowed up. Uh, So the three of them dive under to see what's going on with this surfboard. And then they find some surfboards. But Summer is grabbed by the current and has to struggle. Um, 
and then it wasn't the octopus that time, so she's fine. But then just as she gets free of the current, well, now it's the octopus. Um, <laughs> so we see Matt and Slade have to go fight the octopus in a very cheesy fight scene. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. It's it, so funny. It really looks like um, I just watched um, Ed Wood recently, the Tim Burton movie about oh, yeah. Ed Wood. Um, and in it, there is an amazing scene where uh, Bella Lugosi fights an octopus by just grabbing the two tentacles of the cloth octopus and wriggling around while holding them to himself. Yep. <laughs> and it, it looked exactly like this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like um, Matt just, cuts one of the tentacles off and is just holding on to it. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was so funny. Um. But eventually uh, they all get away um, or at least. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. okay, yeah. At least Matt and or Summer and Slade get away. Oh, okay. Well, so before that, they do have a moment where they kind of stare at the octopus's face. And I I was really hoping for a moment where, like, they stare at him. It stares back and it winks. But we're not going to get that. That would just be too good, and this show can't be that good. We learned that Matt is secretly Aquaman, and he can talk to octopuses. Oh, that'd be dope! Oh, oh my god. And then maybe Slade is the Ocean Master. Ooh, <laughs> James Wan, call us. I know the new one's coming out soon. Um, I didn't even see the first one, should I? It's fine. Um, Jason Momoa is very hot, but also yes. he says a line... Um, that I hated having to listen to with my human ears, um, which is your fish ship smells like chum butter. Um, <laughs> and that line has haunted me forever. Um, so, you know, some ups and some downs in that movie, I would say. Oh, could you uh, could you please send that to me sometime? Just that line. I, just, <laughs> I need to look at that whenever I'm feeling down. All right. Just so I can cheer myself up. <laughs> um but yeah if, overall if, i would say watch aquaman it's pretty good I'll, I'll, I'll watch it if you watch sonic one interesting news on that front oh no i have seen sonic oh okay so let's take this moment to interrupt this podcast <laughs> sure and and say morgan on a scale of one to ten for this fight scene with this octopus where a 10 is the bar fight scene from the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Mm-hmm. Where would you rate this fight scene? Um, so here's the other bit of exciting news about the Sonic you movie. You didn't watch all of it. <laughs> no, I did watch all of it, but I was pretty drunk because we had just gotten back from a wedding. Damn and it. I don't remember the fight scene at all. <laughs> um, Perfect. <laughs> the joke continues. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give this... Oct- this uh, octopus fight scene a two. Um, I would have given it a ten, but the limbs were so bad that I had to subtract one point for each of them. Wow, wow. Uh, Helen, hey, what about you? I I loved the fight scene as um, oh, just the a Sonic scene. fight scene. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen it, but obviously I loved it. Uh, of course. Um, Everyone does. The octopus fight scene I loved as a tableau, but I didn't find it as scary as them coming upon uh, what they called a 30-year-old surfboard and then saying it was from the 50s. 
<laughs> Somehow that made me feel incredibly old because 1993 was like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, is that better or worse than Sonic? <laughs> um, 30 times worse. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'll... T- Okay, so that's like the first cut of the Sonic film with the realistic teeth. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. Great. Thank you for for giving us your fighting scene scale. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yes, eventually after this fight scene, uh, Summer and Slade escape the cave, but Matt doesn't for like 30 seconds until he is also out of the water um, and is okay. And Summer is like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're alive. I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, And it's at that point she realizes she has picked Matt over Mm -hmm. Slade. She has let natural selection take its course, by which I mean wrestled with an octopus. (laughs) The best way to choose a mate. Um, You choose a mate and you solve your bulimia just by uh, wrestling an octopus. Yeah, we'll get to that scene. I know. Um, (laughs) This is maybe the best moment of of Kelly Slater's acting in this entire show. Mm -hmm. Because I think he does actually look really bummed, man. Yeah, (laughs) totally. (laughs) Bro, a dude. I'm just majorly bummed. Mm hmm. That's 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 the weight of his emotion. It's not like, ah, fuck. It's like, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, after that, um, we see that Mitch is still trying to sew up Brankston. Um, and honestly, at this point, I felt like there is not nearly enough episode left for them to even wrap up part one. Right. And still have any material left. Um, And so I am horrified to know what part two is going to be Um, because the surgery scene goes on for a while and there's on there's heartbeat monitor noise, but they're on the basement of a boat and there's definitely not a hospital like heartbeat rate monitor. Um, No, there is, but there's nothing to get up to. Yes. Also that. And it keeps like (laughs) it keeps like fade out cross cutting between Brangley's face and the heartbeat monitor. And it was very weird. And like it seemed like a dream sequence. It was very. Um, And like Deborah's mopping Mitch's brow like. Yeah. Nurse. It's hot and heavy. Oh, yeah. Weird. It it again makes more sense if you assume that uh, Bradifer is there <laughs> just making beep noises. It yes. does yeah. make more sense. Mm-hmm. No, it very much does. Um, but then uh, we get our our final scene with Slade ever. Thank God, uh, where he <laughs> he tells us that he's going to Hawaii since obviously Matt and Summer should be together. And if that's going to happen, he can't be anywhere in the state of California for <laughs> legal reasons. Um, <laughs> um, but then we get a scene with Matt and Summer where they talk uh-huh. about how Summer, after almost becoming dinner for an octopus, has thought about food differently now <laughs> and realizes <laughs> That it's not just a thing you put in your mouth to occupy time. Instead, it's a thing you should appreciate. She she specifically says 
it's not something to fill up on when you're feeling empty. And I don't know. That's kind of exactly how food works. Yes. No, it is a little bit literally what that is. Um, And and now because she almost got eaten by an octopus, she's willing to go to a clinic for eating disorders. Um, And it was at this point that I lost my entire mind. (laughs) This this feels like a family guy skit. Yes. Genuinely. Very family guy. I was so happy and so sad that I picked this episode. (laughs) Why were were you happy? Well, because what? Because I picked the episode just based on like a little summary, like two line summary, maybe from the Mm -hmm. season. Um, and I was like, oh, it sounds like there's a giant octopus and someone kidnaps Mitch. That sounds dope. And then before yeah. I watched it, Michael was like, oh, by the way, content warning for eating disorder stuff. I was like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? We don't harsh my buzz. Um, and yet they wove something terrible and triggering and difficult to talk about and think about yeah. into just the most stunning, <laughs> like steaming pile of chum butter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like so proud of them and somehow of us and like Mm -hmm. come so far. Well, we're we're not done yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I do have unfortunate news, but also good news. The unfortunate news is we have one more scene. Mm -hmm. The good news is it's time for some Baywatch theater. And I'm going to need both Helen and Morgan to act at this scene. Oh, Oh, schnapps. I need one of you to be Mitch and one of you to be Debbie. And I need you to decide right now. Right now. I don't don't care either way. I'm Mitch. All right. Helen is going to be Mitch and Morgan is going to be Debbie. Sure. This is our final scene of the episode. The scene is Mitch has scissors and is staring at her. And she grabs a gun. Mm-hmm. So, go. Scene. <clears throat> Wait, but he, should we mention that he pulled the bullet out? Like, he fucking did it. Like, he, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did it, because he's a lifeguard, and they know surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I'm Mitch. Excuse me. <clears throat> <laughs> what, are you going to shoot me now? Were you going to stab me with those scissors? No. I'm in the business of saving lives, not taking them. Don't tell me you weren't thinking about it. You mean fighting for my own life? Yeah, that thought's crossed my mind. You want to live? Then don't try anything heroic. You want him to live? Oh, he'd better live. He'd better get to a hospital. (laughs) And go back to prison? No, he's a free spirit. He can't be caged. How'd you get involved in all this anyway? He rescued me. From what? From a dull, boring life. (laughs) There are a lot of other ways of feeling alive than being a criminal. Yeah, I'm sure there are, but it's a little too late to try and go back and find them now, isn't it? No, it's never too late. Once you pass that point, there's no going back. Have we? Have we what? past that point I don't know maybe maybe not <laughs> to be continued <laughs> god this a- fucking scene if I hadn't yeah. already lost my mind 
at Summer being cured of bulimia because she almost got eaten by an octopus, a real thing that happened in this episode of Baywatch, <laughs> um, this scene would have done it for me because it is so dumb. It is. Now, uh, that is obviously the end of part one. Mm-hmm. To be continued. And uh, I do want to talk about ratings here, but I do want to read some INDB ratings, which... You might be surprised by, Morgan. Yeah. Uh, we have four ratings here, and three of them are at a seven or higher. Wow. Um, would you like the good ratings first or the bad rating first? I, I say let's do the good ratings first. Sandcrab722 rates this <laughs> a 10 out of 10. <laughs> wow. And titles his review, Don Omit. Okay. All right. He says, Mitch, eaten by bulimic prison guard who kidnapped Matt Brody. Wait, that's not right. The other sand crab is imposter. He's never been to Laska. What? (laughs) Yeah, I know. We're getting meta here. Oh, man. Okay. Plot Cray. Monster off the hook. Spend your time on this app. Boy, this kidnapper is a meanie. She didn't even release the book before the end of the ep. Does she know the rules? Do looks like we gotta be continued. <laughs> That's that review. All uh, right. Uh, Hortense French gives it a ten out of ten and says, "Mitch has the CV the size of a small novel." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Wild Bill Horn <laughs> gives it a 7 out of 10 and titles their review Spelunking Fun and says, after a few minutes of irrelevant windsurfing and pointless cream soda, we get a <laughs> dude who lose a surfboard and some less than serene shouting about bulimia. Summer's caught between two lovers who apparently decide to feed her to a giant octopus. <laughs> I don't really understand that part. These I don't either, seem- sir, because that didn't happen. <laughs> yes. These lifeguards seem to attract escape conflicts like fa- flies. They should look into the cause of that. Now, <laughs> we have our one out of ten, which is Ooh. from the other sand crab, sand mm. crab 277, the one who is apparently a, an imposter, uh, which I am so excited. We have to tell Valerie about this moment. <laughs> the sand crabs have referenced each other. Um, yeah. Now, it says, just complete crap. Why do the writers create all this science fiction crapola with this show? (laughs) Believe me, there are no such tentacled sea monsters in the Atlantic or Pacific Oceans. The biggest octopi I've encountered (laughs) were in the belly of bottom-feeding rockfish in Alaska, and three king-size ones made the weight over 70 pounds. So that's uh that's his All right. <laughs> Thanks. Oh. Thanks, Ab. Now, <laughs> obviously, um those are some choices. Mm-hmm. But this is time for our choices and our infamous rating scale on a scale of 1 to 10 where 1 is going through puberty a second time because you got recast and 10 <laughs> is your parents are divorced, but it's okay because your dad is is David Hasselhoff and he's the coolest. Um who wants to go first? Helen, you want to take it? <laughs> um. 
You don't have to. That's, that's my way of saying yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, my God. No, I gotta like. I gotta give this like a pure five, which is, um, there is a jar full of cookies that you have free access to but you have to throw them up after you eat them. And, um, but you get as many cookies as you want. Um, because like this movie was <laughs> objectively absurd movie. Excuse me. This episode was objectively <laughs> ridiculous and stupid and chock-a-block with different plots Mm-hmm. It's mostly seem to resolve by the end of it, and yet there will be another one following. Yeah. Um, and yet, I was delighted by a lot of it. Yes. Um, and I have to come to terms with that. So <laughs> I found it very good, bad, and so I, I give it like a pure down the middle sort of a rating. Yeah. No, that that's fair. This is the highest you've rated an episode you've watched with us. Seriously? Oh, no. That one was, that first one was so good. I should have rated it higher. <laughs> I think it's the highest. I don't know. Don't trust me on this. <laughs> it's not like I can look it up. <laughs> Martin, uh, oh, yeah, you? sure. I can go. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's a very dumb episode, Um and it's it's often very boring in parts because it's <laughs> suffering from the Baywatch two part syndrome where they just need so much filler because they have decided to make this a two part episode. Um, but I do love the octopus based bulimia cure. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that's going to take off in Los Angeles any day now if it hasn't already. Um, there will be octopus based uh eating disorder therapy clinics popping up in uh, rich white neighborhoods any day now, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, overall, I think uh, I think I got to give this like a six. Um, and I'm going to say that a six is the experience of getting kidnapped by an octopus. Um, but then you have to fight it for a while and you end up taking off two of its legs. And that is just enough to let you escape from the clutches of the octopus. <laughs> um, and then you have a cool story to tell at parties after that. <laughs> um, Michael, how about you? My, I watched this episode twice. And the first time I liked it a lot more than I did the second time. Uh, <laughs> it was the second time I actually had to think. <laughs> and when I thought about it, I was like, oh, no, this isn't very good, is it? Yeah. Uh, especially the bulimia stuff. Mm -hmm. Very not good. Um, but the octopus part was the greatest thing I've ever seen in cinema. So. Right. Uh, it sort of balances out. I'm going to say it's a six. All right. And I think a six is. Have you seen that video on Twitter of that woman at the AMC Burbank 16? Yes. Okay, it's that. All right. <laughs> for context, there is a there was some movie and people were waiting for the movie to start, and some woman got up 
in front of everybody and was like, I'm going to do my stand up comedy set. And they're like, who are you? And she started like freaking out, I guess, and started singing opera and then acting. And she went goblin mode and she was going. (laughs) (laughs) There's just people going like, what is happening? Yeah. (laughs) Who is she? (laughs) And she was like, thank you so much. And then at one point. Someone said, can you, like, stop? And she said, why don't you get up here and try to do what I do every day? And it's like, <laughs> okay, no one asks you to do this, though. Um, and it, that's a six because, like, on one hand, it's very interesting. And it'd be a great story to tell people. On the other hand, you had to sit through it. And uh, that's kind of the experience of us watching this is great to tell other people about. But we did have to sit through it. Now, what you do need to sit through is our description of our next episode, which Helen will be back for. Yay! Uh, And that is Tentacles Part 2. Now, the Baywatch wiki description is, Mitch, taken hostage and held at gunpoint, performs surgery on an escaped convict with a bullet wound, which already happened. Stephanie's sister Caroline visits with her fiancé, an environmental investigator, who's mysteriously attacked underwater in a high-stakes double-cross. Oh, boy. Uh, The episode trivia says, in spite of the title, the giant octopus in part one is not seen or even mentioned in this episode. (gasps) Disappointing. There go all of Uh, my hopes. (laughs) I do do want to add that Caroline will become a a main cast character who is on this show for about as long as Garner is on this show. Oh, wow. 53 or so episodes. So, like, yeah, main character. Yeah, totally. The INDB description, we have an anonymous and a named review. Which would you like? I'm still going to go named. I feel like if you're too much of a coward to put your uh, name on your Baywatch plot summary, we don't uh, deserve to read it on the show. Wow. Wow. Okay. So (laughs) KGF Vissers says Mitch is held at gunpoint and chained by escape Brady Nichols, who feels recovered enough to flee to Mexico (laughs) and his fiance, Deborah Harris, but determined to fight his way out before Hobie returns. Okay. Garner and fellow lifeguards find their trail while collecting evidence against a polluting company at sea. Environmental activist Frank Randall is overpowered by divers who use a floating device to induce decompression sickness. Stephanie (laughs) rescues him and arranges hyperbaric decompression while consoling his fiance, her own sister, Carolyn Holden, who who what is who came present him? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Okay, checking on his business partner, slick lawyer Jordan Stewart. Stephanie gets duly suspicious. Wow. Now, I should add, also, the next episode has a different director. Oh. Yeah, it's directed by Gregory Bonin. So it's going to be it, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh, because he doesn't know how to direct his, or write his own TV show. So Yeah. Whoops. Uh, now, uh, Helen, thank you so much for agreeing to do a two-parter with us. Uh, I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. At the same time. <laughs> so thank you, and I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm a uh, saint. Yeah, you are. Um, 
but uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, just my show, Falling in Love Montage, where we talk about chick flicks. Awesome. That's it. It's called Where can they find that? (laughs) You can Google the name, Falling in Love Montage, or you can go to www.fallingandlovemontage.com, or you can check out our fun Facebook group called Falling in Love Montage Podcast. We hang out there sometimes. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Morgan, who are we? We are so thankful that you folks have decided (laughs) to... uh, to tune in to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. And if you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I personally am at Morgan P. Thrap. And I am personally at Snotsnit. No longer Squeezy Jibsnit um, as of one or two days ago. Unfortunately. Uh. Sorry, everyone. I know <laughs> that I said I would stay Squeezy Jibsnit for quite a while, but there's only so long you can be squeezy. It's true. It ain't easy being squeezy. <laughs> oh, I hate that and love that. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you next week. And just remember, if you need to cure bulimia, go talk to an octopus using today's sponsor, Octopus for a better tomorrow. <laughs>